Welcome back to another bus driver experience. Thank you guys all for tuning in. And if you are new to the show, welcome new people. Welcome on the bus. Only two choices in life. You are either on the bus and off the bus or off the bus. Excuse me. I can't get my own fucking catchphrase wrong. And remember, I'm the bus driver. You're seeing the world in this lens, whether it's conversations with unique individuals or we are taking part in unique experience because it's not just enough to talk to these incredible individuals and groups I get to talk with on this program. So if you want to go take part in those experiences, you can go do that in two ways. There is the YouTube channel where you can check out the videos that we're releasing and that's going to be also on the website, busdriverproductions.com. Or there's a Patreon page now that is live and active. I want to make a huge thank you to three people who have contributed this week. A huge thank you to all you guys. We have Saul Lakin or Schneer Lakin. We have John Hammond and Jeff or Jefferson Bennett. Huge thank you guys for making monthly contrib- contributions to the Bus Driver Productions and the Bus Driver Experience. And anybody who wants to go contribute, the Patreon page is over there on my website. The Patreon page is in the show notes. The Patreon page is on my Instagram page in the website link. And guys, if talking with these people, listen to conversations, excuse me, or watching these experience, there are many different ways that you can connect with the individuals I have on this show. So go check out the Patreon page, whether you donate or not, go check out the unique experiences. You could potentially get some great brainstorm ideas to take part in. It's all about connecting, creating, and providing value to you guys. So thank you guys all for tuning in. And enough of that. I think I did that in under two minutes. So we can get into this episode right now. All of you didn't tune off already. We got Tony Jeffries, Olympic medalist from the 2008 Beijing Olympics. He went there for boxing. He was a professional boxer for a long career after that. And like many of the incredible athletes we've had on this show, he has made an incredible life for himself after sports, running this huge boxing facility out here in L.A. There's one in Brentwood and Santa Monica, but he also travels around the world, limiting on the training, but he has created different programs to help you, me, or professional boxers how to be incredible boxing trainers. Because So let's jump into today's episode with Tony Jackson. Okay. Tony Jeffries. What's up, Amit? Uh, not much, man. I still can't believe. Funny story. I ran into you last weekend. I know. In Austin, Texas. We've yeah. been going back and forth over email to try and make this happen. Yeah. And I was training at Onnit Gym. Shout out to Onnit because it's a great, great fucking place. And I just hear your voice in the background. I'm like, no fucking way. This is Tony <laughs> right there. And I look and it's tall, tall blonde guy, boxer. And I was like, dude, what's up? I'm the bus guy. Like, I'm sure you're at first like, who the hell is this? Like, oh, the bus guy, the bus guy from the emails. Yeah, the bus guy. That's what I remember of. <laughs> Imagine being named the bus guy, known as the bus guy. <laughs> it, it, it's, I have to run with it now. It's something I can never let down. So how clean is this podcast? Is it a clean podcast or can you swear? Or oh what? no, you can swear. We're pretty explicit language. So, so talking about buses, right? Quick little story. Uh, my friend sent me a link about three weeks ago. There was a guy who was in my class at school got uh, arrested for playing with himself on the back of a bus. How about that? He was Here fu- in this country? No, or? no, in England, in the north of England, <laughs> in Sunderland. Yeah, he was playing with himself on the back of the bus. And I just, cause I, I, I don't ride buses. I, I can't remember the last time I was on a bus. 
I don't really speak about buses. So when we're talking about you're the bus guy, <laughs> <laughs> you're not that bus guy. But that just made me think about him. Oh God! Because I'm, I'm gonna call him the bus guy. Oh, don't you? <laughs> not the bus guy. <laughs> not, not me. Not that bus guy. Just the bus. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to start oh, the podcast! Whoa. Talking about a guy playing with his dick on the back of a bus. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Oh, but how was everything at Honor last weekend in Austin, Texas? What yeah. were you doing out there? So we went to Honor because what I do now, I teach people how to teach boxing, personal trainers, fitness professionals, and uh, we had a course out in at the Honor Academy at the gym there, where people have travelled from around America, from around the world to come and work with us. And we had a uh, yeah, our certification course. We had uh, fifty-five people coming. And we and we taught them how to teach boxing and uh, help build their careers in in the fitness industry. So that's a big passion of mine right now, and something I, l- I love to do. And yeah, it went really well. And like you see, Honored is an amazing facility. Great people. They've got everything we need. So it was the people, brilliant. the products, and now they got that gym there. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's so good. I, I love that place. We've been there like three or four times. I'm a I'm a good friend of Aubrey Marcus, who's the CEO of Honored, and. Um, and his and his fiancee uh, Whitney Miller. I trained her for a fight before, so I've got a great a great relationship with them with them people. She fights. She had one fight. She had one fight. He he, he asked me if I would train her for a fight. She come to LA, did a six week training camp with her, and then we went to Austin. They flew, flew me to Austin. This was like two years ago. And okay, she it wasn't recently. Like I was gonna say. Like no, yeah, two years ago. Was it an MMA fight or a boxing? No, match? boxing fight. How'd and she do? She won. She fought a girl who had uh, like six fights, and it was a. Uh, yeah, she, she did really well and she had a fight and she punched this girl's head in. So and was that good. was her first fight? Yeah. Oh and then, wow. she, then, then she was like, I might have another one. I'm like, no, Whitney, just just stop. Just oh. quit while you're ahead. Undefeated fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous girl who can fight. Yeah. It's triple, double threat. Yeah, it is. And you as a fighter, you Olympian. Right. Bronze, yeah. bronze medalist, 2008 yeah. Beijing. That had to be a coolest experience. That's a that's an accolade on your resume, you know, or a notch to have in your mind. Like. Yeah, it was, um, it's, it's amazing. It really is. And it's, it's changed my life, you know. I, when I was 16, I was the champion of England. Well, when I was 13, I was the champion of England. 14, 15, then 16. And what the the England boxing program did, they got all of the 16-year-olds, uh, the champions of the country, and the people who were the, the runners-up, the, the finalists, put put us on a training program. It was an eight-year training program for the 2008 Olympics. Uh, and I went through the full eight years to go to the Olympics. So it was a, a long goal and a and an amazing achievement and I always remember the head coach Terry Edwards saying if you go to the Olympics it'll change your life uh, and even not even meddling just going to the Olympics it'll change your life because you be part of a very exclusive club and I didn't really understand it until I got there and I got back and that was 2008 so 11 years ago now and it really has changed my life. Like you see it now, you're, you've, you've just mentioned it there and you brought it up. It's like a, it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a huge part of m- me and, and my life and I love it. Yeah, it's what sports are for a lot of people. I mean, you, sports, I mean, at least for me, I, I think I say for both of us, you know, where it's gotten us, where it's taken us around the world to, you know, almost be ambassadors for the people of our country. And like you said, for the Olympics, right. it's the top and marquee spot. And you get to go out there and not just be the representation of you know the person that a lot of people don't even get to go travel these places, but you're the guy who's there and then representing people you yeah. know, on this sports level, which gives people a lot of pride. It's a part of nationalism that's really great, something people can latch onto and get behind, you know, especially on the sports side. So it's yeah, it was amazing. You know, you've you've got the whole country behind you, and uh, when when you're in the Olympics, you're in kind of a bubble because you're in the Olympic Village and you're there for like three or four weeks. Uh, and you don't know what's going on back home. So I'm from a city 
called Sunderland in the north of England, and and no one from that city's ever been to the Olympics. So little did I know that there was camera camera crews, local newspapers, going round interviewing people in the streets about me and about uh, what I was doing in the Olympics, going interviewing my old school teachers, interviewing people I used to work for, all that, you know, and I didn't know that. And when I got home and I got off the aeroplane, I went from the boy next door who owned a catering trailer uh, <laughs> to getting off the aeroplane uh, welcomed by hundreds of people chanting my name with banners and I was like, wow, that's like, obviously it's not an overnight success because I, like I said, I was on an eight year training program, but when I, on me, on me way to Beijing to when I got back to Beijing, it was night and day getting pictures with everyone, signing autographs. I didn't know that it was going to be like that, you know, and even ever since then, like I was talking to you about before the podcast, I've, this morning I've been to a school, I took me a Olympic medal in Los Angeles, talking to the kids about, about, um, hard work and, and never giving up, uh, you know, it, it's still affecting my life right now, 11 years on, 11 years on, I'm still signing kids' autographs now, and it's, it's crazy, it's crazy they're affecting, that's all of my life. Yeah, it was funny, when you were telling us that story, you were, uh, at a school talking about bullying yeah. to a bunch of uh, those elementary school kids? Was it? Yeah, it was. They were like 10, 11, 11 year old and the lady who who asked me to go her son was in the class and he's been coming to our boxing gym and, he, and she said like, there's a kid in the class bullying him. So, you know, I, I got him on the mitts. I, I got him locked the gloves on and I was letting him punch and I was saying, oh, look how hard he punches. <laughs> and I even said, if I, I said, if I was in this class now, I would never mess with this kid. Oh, that's you know? fantastic. And then his <laughs> mom was there as well, and she went, Tony, thank you so much for that. You know, it really boosted his confidence and all that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I used to get bullied in school, so I know how horrible it, it can really be. You know? Really? Yeah. But how long have you been boxing for? I mean, yeah, so uh, when I was, when I was, I started boxing when I was 10. People were messing with you even when you were? Yeah, well, when I, no, when I was, when I was 10, uh, I got, I got bullied. I used to have a, a really freckly face, and I used to call me freckly and calling me horrible names. I come from a different school, moved to school. Mm-hmm. And I'm 10 years old, and I went home and I was upset and crying. And what my mom and dad said is, tomorrow when you're gonna go to school, as soon as you see that bully, you're gonna punch him as hard as you can in the face. And I went, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing, you are. And I was crying and, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Anyway, they the made me go to school and when I seen the bully, I punched him as hard as I can in the face, bust all his nose. And this is a 10 year old. And you know what? He never said a word to us ever again. I never got bullied ever again through that. Uh, I, end, I b- end up becoming friends with this kid eventually. But, uh, you know, that's how I got taught to deal with a bully. And it worked. Mm-hmm. You know? But I couldn't see that in these schools. If anyone bullies you, punch them in the face, you know, in front <laughs> of the teachers, even though that might be the right way of doing it, you know? Well, it's interesting you say that because, like, it's, it's a different time now. Yeah, it in is. In terms of, like, where you can, you know, make a stand and a stance because i mean in the end your parents aren't there we're all uh breeding uh, this idea of a tribal creatures you know we're off on our own we have to make something for ourselves we define who we are and we have all those unique moments and you know it's that moment for you giving that kid a knock in the nose you know help define you know not just to who you are because again you didn't want to do that right you but it's like people above you are people that um you looked up to or Mm. people that know better than you your parents and your family they said, hey, listen, we know there's some kind of greatness. You know, they knew you were going to be a great boxer then and there. But I could say the same thing with basketball. Like I didn't, I'd always had to play with kids four years older than me. And I'm like six or eight years old playing with 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds. Like, I don't want to go play with these kids. I'm right. playing with my friends. Mm. But like, no, no, no. 
you got to go out there. You got to right. go play with these kids. Yeah. It's going to make you better. But I, uh, the bullying thing was definitely a thing there because you're the smallest kid right. all the time. Mentally and socially, like you just don't fit in either. I mean, yeah. this is just way outside of your, your knowledge base, you know, what people are calling through puberty or experiencing things. But, ah, oh, you gave me a flashback. Uh, uh, and and with, with that as well, when you're, you're younger and, you, and you're going against older people, that can go two ways. It can either make you come out the way you did and give you more confidence. You've been working with these the bigger kids or it can kill your confidence because at, at a young age, you, you're never going to be as good as all the kids or you might be losing all the time and it might kill your confidence thinking you're not good enough you mm -hmm. know we we have kids classes on in the boxing gyms here and the minimum age is six and so we'll, we'll have we'll have six seven eight nine year olds all in one group and then there'll be parents bring the kids in who's five and they'll lie and they'll say the six and now you've got a five-year-old going against a seven-year-old in a race and losing every single time mm -hmm. right and what that does for the five-year-old, they get upset and they cry. Now the five-year-old doesn't understand this kid's older than them. I, I believe that that kills their confidence and it makes them feel down. Not a little bit older when you're 10 and 11, that's different, but when you're talking about that age group, do you know, does that make sense what I'm saying? No, completely, yeah, yeah. you say, luckily I had the VHS tapes of Michael Jordan and said, oh, if I can be as crazy about winning as that person is, no matter right. who I'm going against, you know, no odds, you know, yeah. no, no bus trip around the world is going to be too <laughs> tough for me. I'm going to get through everything. Yeah. So I was, again, it's a good point that it can go either way on it's going to destroy the kids' right. psyche and mentality, or it's going to be like, oh, no, these are 12-year-olds. But if I'm better than 12-year-olds at eight, right, yeah. and I'm already as close to them now, I'm going to keep working, yeah. keep working, keep working. Yeah. But I mean, that is like a big conversation today, not just with, well, I'm sure with fighting, because, listen, age-wise, we cannot put a younger kid and an older kid together. They're going to do that. But even like with genders now, people are saying, oh, this person has a, a sex change or a trans change. And there's a woman fighting a man. Mm. Some people think, well, oh, no, it's OK. Taking hormones away, replacing hormones. But I don't think uh, I don't think we're there yet. No, um, not, not yet cross over and fight that. It's yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the fighting. But even when I was like 12, I was big. I was a big kid from from my age. And I used to be sparring with with 18, 19 year olds. Uh, and sometimes I would get beat up and it was odd, but it did make me better. I was getting dragged to the gym to, to go and get in there and spar with these. But by the time I was 14, 15, I was beating the shit out of these grown men, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because I stuck at it. You know, I got me own back with them. Yeah, I used to get smart and I would just be uh, yelling at the kid's parents who's probably coaching the team. And I'm like this 12 year old playing with 16 year olds. And I'm like, yeah, you your son sucks like he shouldn't be playing i mean you're you're a bad coach for not even knowing that i should yeah. be in the game it's like yeah my parents <laughs> had to have a good talking to me <laughs> you can't talk to people this way this is just sports don't yeah. take it so seriously yeah. but there was no telling me anything man <laughs> how involved with boxing are you are you still training any pros or are you still uh, got people coming to your gym i mean you told me you got whitney coming in there but uh, yeah so i'm totally hands off with the actual boxing I, I i get asked just about every other day but can you train this guy can you I'm, I've got no interest at all in training, in training fighters. Right now, I'll train a few people uh, for fitness, and that, that that's where I'm at, and my passion is training people to train people for fitness. Uh, and I'm sure if you've seen my social media, you'll see everything on there is about boxing and how to get better at boxing. So people see that, and I think I'm training fighters, but I've got no interest at all in, in, in training fighters or being involved in, in that sport. It, uh, in the in the fight sport rather than the fitness aspect of it you know mm -hmm. 
Or why is that? Why do you want us to take well, a step aside? Well, a big thing is 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 money. You know, there's not that much money in fight in training fighters uh, unless you're training someone huge, and then the energy that you've got to put into it, it's 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 not it's not that good. And you know, when when I was involved with boxing, I got ripped off off my promoter uh, with like probably fifty thousand dollars, and at the time it Yikes. was. And, uh, and at the time when I, I've, I've got n not much money, uh, it was disheartening. It was very disheartening. Uh, so I kind of fell out, lo out, out of love with it there. But now I just love what I do right now, like mm -hmm. running the gyms, working with fitness professionals, uh, being a, a pretty big name, if you like, not being big-headed in, in this market, in this, in this niche space of boxing for fitness. You know, I, I love that. I love doing that stuff. So... If I had a fight to come along and I want, I couldn't be asked with that shit, you know, mm -hmm. couldn't be asked with. No, a lot of former athletes have that problem with the transition right. after sports, and I think I actually had that moment too. Like you said, I make it overseas, I sign with a team in Israel, and mm. I'm going to play professional basketball. You know, it's like you made it, no matter this. You're a short white guy, you're never gonna play it. You're there, you do it, and three days into practice, everything you think is going perfect, and the team goes, "Yeah, we don't want to pay you. Just go home and like trying wow. to dip out of the contract," and you're. And then I remember I was playing in Ukraine like a year and a half later, and a kid, uh, we're all like saying, okay, you know, we got one more shot. Let's really kind of uh, make a push towards making this professional career. He's like, yeah, I really fell in I'm losing touch. I'm falling out of love with the game. And I'm like, right. no, nah, it's impossible. You can't do that. And, and then it starts wearing on you. You know, how much of a beating can you take? Yeah. And a lot of guys, I mean, especially like you said, on the coaching side, sometimes those coaches probably want it more. Yeah. Some of those players, yeah. I mean, you got to be fully invested in that individual as well. Yeah, big time. Yeah. On yeah. that professional side, I mean, because I mean, the whole boxing, the whole promoting side, is is just a whole nother like, if like in uh, other sports, you got like general management, you got the coaching staff, and you got the players. Mm. Boxing, I think, is like one of the big promotion, like promotion side. Yeah. Going up there, talking and John before the fight. Yeah. Signing the deal, making sure the money's lined up with a pay per view. Or this and that. I mean, it's gonna be yeah. exhausting. There's so much. Then there's the ticket side, and then there's there's just there's just so much to it, which I, I'm not really interested at all mm. in in being involved with. Uh, yeah, and like like now, I'll train basketball players. Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I train I train him. Uh, a good guy. And then there's been a ton of the basketballers come to the gym. Sometimes I'll train some of them. Uh, How's Matt's hands? Good mate. He's yeah, uh, cause he's so big. He's like six foot. He's long, right? Six or whatever, yeah. And he and he can turn his hips and he fully extends his arm. He can punch hard, you know. Uh, but he's a, he's a he's a good fella. Cause I don't really follow basketball. I didn't know much about it. Uh, and then when I start training, people were saying, "Wow, did you know that?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> and I looked into him, and he's got a bit of a bad, a bit bit of a bad boy reputation yeah. in the basketball game. But uh, yeah, he's 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 cool. Uh, so yeah, like training people like like that is is fun for me rather than training someone who's a who's a fighter who's you know involved with the promoters and all that side is he trying to get into a ring oh no he, he's not trying to get into he's a just ring for sport? yeah just for keeping fit because it is like one of have you tried boxing um just for sport actually remember did a first boxing class with this guy when we were uh, in brooklyn yeah but um it is one of the best if not the best i think uh ways to keep fit and the benefits to boxing for fitness uh, the ongoing you know just for your mind alone helping mm -hmm. your mentality it's it's amazing so I recommend everyone try boxing. Mm. I mean, I'll go uh, do some conditioning with a few bags. At uh, the gym I'm out in, uh, Pharos Echo Park. Um, they got like six bags. They got a ring in there as well. They got uh, two or three rooms in their facility. 
and I'll go and hit the bag, you know, get 10 punches on a bag, down do a burpee, yeah. slide over to the next one. That's good. So it's great to add just another dimension into yeah. the, uh, just in the endurance training or yeah. conditioning training that I'll do. And yeah, hitting a bag, man. Uh, yeah, boxing's great. Hitting the bag, hitting the mitts, hitting someone's face. <laughs> no, uh, it, it, it really is. A, it's a lot of fun. No, it's spectacular. So what... I know you mentioned you don't want to be involved like with the boxing side, especially training professionals, but where is the state of boxing? Because I know a lot of people will say that they don't like where boxing is or boxing is dying out or falling to the wayside, especially compared to MMA. Right, yeah. Boxing is flying right now. I mean, the heavyweight division is the best it's ever been, I think, since, the Mike, Tyson, yeah, since the Mike Tyson and Alex Lewis days. Uh, I think, I think boxing is in a really good place right now. Uh, even the, the middleweight divisions, a lot of the divisions are, it, it really is, and... You're gonna get people who see that that that's dying now, and then again, people seeing that about the MMA because MMA UFC hasn't really got a big big star anymore. Like I- if you remember when there was Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, um, Anderson Silva, John Jones, you had all of these big names and a lot more at, at one time fighting, but now they've all like fizzled out. John Jones is still in there now. So the ha- MMA hasn't got a great big star. So you could even see that about MMA. Like, you know, is that dying out right now? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you Especially with like Habib, because like he's a, I'm sure a guy who just disappears to Georgia yeah. when it's time, and then he just resurfaces back over here. Exactly. And, and even even him, he's he's not marketable, really. Yeah. I mean, he's got a big following over in Kazakhstan or Kazakhstan. Dagestan. Yeah. He's got a big following over there, but like, you know, I bet he'd walk down Wiltshire Boulevard now and there'd not be many people knew who he was. Unless he wore the big furry hat. <laughs> yeah, then the, <laughs> then the would. But like, uh, and Con- the Conor McGregor fight with him was really helped boost his profile as well. So yeah, there's not really any household names, big stars in the USC right now, I don't think, uh, with the MMA. But in boxing, you know, I think there, there might be. But I'm not going to com- compare the two. I think they're, they're both great and mm-hmm. both, in, both in good places. Well, on the promotional side, I mean, is that, like, deterring a lot of fights from happening? Because I know right now, what is it, Tyson Fury and uh, Deontay Wilder have fought recently. Yeah. And they're trying to get Anthony Joshua to fight either one or the yeah. other. And I don't know, that's a whole promotional thing. Obviously, yeah. these guys want to get paid and they want the right amount of money to make, but... I mean, do you see those guys ever get in the I ring? Think, I think they will eventually, but right now uh, it's frustrating for the boxing fans. But for the fighters, like for Fury, AJ and Wilder, you know, keep fighting, keep earning money because this boxing game is can end any time. I know that. I, I, I retire after 10 professional fights with injury, you know. Um, so what you've got to do with boxing is get in, earn as much money as you can and get out while you're safe while you've still got your your marbles upstairs because mm. you will get anything can happen and you can and you can lose it all so you know with them not fighting each other i just want them to make money you know really yeah. from a fighter's point of view i want them to make as much money as they can and get out yeah it would be great to see fury fight wilder again or aj fight either of them but if it doesn't happen well not but i think it will happen eventually it's got to you know yeah we've seen less of those like multi-tiered fights you know you think the ali frazier i mean well they fight three four five yeah. times and just yeah i mean the the legacy and the you know the epic that came along with that mm. it was like you're a part of those guys lives and i mean traveling around the world to get these fights in it's these guys do get to market themselves much more with social media the internet etc but like it, it just seems like you said there's the fans want more right they want yeah. to see more fights and hope, i hope we get them 
Yeah, I hope so too. But you, you, you never know. I think I think we will, but we'll see. I mean, don't you think that happened with Mayweather and Pacquiao? It like, happened I mean, too late, didn't it? It happened way too late. It did. But again, they both made a shit ton of money in the meantime, and like I say, that's what it's all about. From coming from a fighter, get in, make as much as you can, and, and get out unhurt. Uh, where Mayweather has done that. Pacquiao's been chinned a few times now, and you know I think it's time for him to hang them up. Yeah, uh, he's got a big one coming up though, doesn't he? Yeah, he's fighting. Uh, who the fuck is he fighting? I can't remember his name. He, he's got a big fight, big fight coming up. Uh, it's just been announced recently. Uh, so yeah, I, I would like him to get out of it. He's getting old now. He's past his best, and you know he, he's just fighting now. I don't know why he's just fighting because he's, he's got loads of money. Yeah, but well, he, I mean, he wants he, some more. He's running the Philippines. I mean, yeah, is he? I think he's a sitting senator, yeah, or governor, he, or something. He's got a, he's got a role in in the politics in the Philippines. So yeah, I would like to see him get out of that. Yeah, though. it's time for him. Yeah, and um, what was I gonna say? What do you think about these MMA crossover boxing fights? Like we have like Conor McGregor, yeah, so and uh, Floyd Mayweather. Conor McGregor, Mayweather, that got so much criticism from boxing fans. And MMA fans got so much hate. I absolutely love that fight. I really do. I want them to have a rematch. rematch. It was entertaining. It was a bit like WWE when they were getting in, in each other's faces before. But so what? You know, and yeah, it was getting so much hate. And, and my big thing was, I want this to happen in my lifetime. It's not, it might not happen again in our lifetime. A fight as big as that with someone like Connor, someone like Floyd why not let it happen in our lifetime so we can see it mm-hmm. rather than happen when when we're dead you know what i mean uh so yeah i love that fight i really did and uh i would love to see them have it again and i and i've posted this on social media and i got a lot of shit for it but no i like it me i like the entertainment i like the 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 uh you've got to think about what's going to happen you're going to be surprised is connor going to kick him is he going to take him down you know is is floyd going to knock him out in one round yeah i, I love that fight I saw that fight with my buddy in um, in Grand Junction, Colorado. And I don't, we were actually driving that bus down from Utah to Chile at that right. point. In Grand Junction's like it was like at a truck stop with a bar next door. Where we saw this fight, and it was like the most true representation of America. Where we saw this fight, you had <laughs> white guys cheering for Con- no no for Mayweather. And then chanting USA for Connor. Black. It was like just <laughs> the most WWE crowd you could have possibly oh, really? watched it in. Yeah. In a bar where people are chanting USA for Connor. <laughs> black guy to win. It was just nuts. Just messed up. Yeah. It was just nuts. You couldn't have watched it in a better location. <laughs> Boxing, like a purist trying to argue, like, listen, this is what this guy, like, yeah. no sense was being made. And right. it was just a. Uh, it was, I, re- <laughs> it was a I remember Con- so Connor trains in Box and Burn when he comes to LA. Oh, nice. And, and uh, for the first time I was training there, I was talking. I was asking, "Well, what's next?" He went, "I'm going to try and fight fight Floyd Mayweather." And I was thinking, "Good luck with that." I was like, "Oh, nice, mate." But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, "You were absolutely no chance that fight happening." And it actually did. This is like, this is like six months before it got announced, mm-hmm. you know. And he and he did it, and he earned millions. So I've got nothing but respect about for for what Conor McGregor's done, how well, business wise, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think he's great. I'm, I'm a Conor fan. Even though right now he seems to be going through a lot of shit uh, in the media and stuff, but I think he's class. I love him. Well, I mean that Habib really, really took him down bad. I mean it was yeah, it was a tough fight. But I mean Habib's taking down everybody right now with that wrestling he has. Yeah, it's. 
uh, he fought the Brazilian with the really good uh, leg kicks before that fight. Right. And yeah. again, um, Edison Barbosa maybe. Yeah. And it just the guy stood no chance. Mm. It was just like one of those even with Connor, like wow, like. Yeah, he did what a lot of the the true MMA fans thought he would have done, uh, by just taking Connor down and, and beating the shit out of him. He did that. I didn't. I thought Connor was gonna knock him out, but really, you know, yeah. He didn't give him a chance. I mean, he couldn't breathe. Yeah. With him. I mean, who's who he supposed to be fighting next? I don't know. I've got no idea. Uh, I wonder if Connor comes back or not. I, I'm not sure. Really? Yeah. I hope he does. I hope he does. We I think we I think without Connor, you know, we, we're we're missing out. I love seeing his promotion. His promotions when he's promoting. He's his the fights. full package. Yeah, he's got it all. He's got it all. No, he's got his whiskey as well. <laughs> God. But like any athletes, I mean, that's I think you can act like uh recognize i mean what he's cashing a welfare check you know just uh or a social security whatever yeah check, like you know three or four years ago yeah that's amazing and, and now he is where he is today now he's a, a multi-millionaire same yeah. thing as what's his name with uh lester city the uh soccer guy jamie um jamie something uh, lester city had that big run football squad yeah and two or three years or two or three years before i mean he's a plumber wow just playing in yeah. uh, small leagues yeah. and slowly moved his way up to get where he is today. Right. Yeah, and that's what you've got to do. Like I said, I was working on a catering trailer selling burgers um, and flipping burgers outside of the Sunderland football ground. And, you know, then I went to the Olympics and it changed my life around. Um, and then I was really smart with the money that I did earn. I used to buy houses. Every two fights, I'd buy a house. Now I own five houses in the UK. Uh, so I invested my money really wisely and then when the company opened in a gym here, I invested the rest of my money into Box and Burn um, and, you know, and being smart about it, which is a lot of boxers, a lot of athletes really, really struggle with is, is to do that, you know. There's a lot of boxers that don't pay tax, which is a terrible idea, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and when, when I turned pro, I was like, not a chance. Am I working all this, this hard, getting all these punches in the face to earn this money to pay 30, 40% of it to a tax, fuck that, I'm not doing that. But you know, then I got wise to it and I realized, you know, there's ways around it, uh, paying l less tax, but as long as you're paying tax. I know fighters, I know one fighter, he was a British champion, he <coughs> he earned, I think, 30,000 pounds for his for his fight, which is about $50,000. Uh, and after that fight, because he'd never paid any tax running up to that, he had a $50,000 tax bill. So yeah, I put everything that he earned from this 12-round war British title fight, yeah, I paid to the tax man or he was going to go to jail, you know. And fighters make that mistake of not paying tax and then not investing the rest of the money, you know. It's it's pretty crazy to me, but, you know, of course, what it is with fighters, we come from backgrounds where uneducated backgrounds, fighters are known for being uneducated and not having good people around them, smart people around mm -hmm. them, and not having a business mind, just a fighter. So when you get someone like that who's got money, who, who's getting a bit of money, you know, they, they don't know what to do with it. They'll, mm -hmm. they'll uh, spend it on a flash car with big wheels, which I did that as well. But, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and they'll, they'll throw it all away. Did you have any role models who, like, helped you advise you like this to make uh, better decisions? Or um, So so my, my, my dad's always been a, a good businessman. Um, and uh, he, he, I think I got my business brain off him. I always had a good business brain. Like, like I said, I bought the catering trailer and started working on that. Oh, that was your own company? Yeah, it was, it was my own okay. van. I was 19 year old, didn't have a clue what I was doing, never cooked a burger in my life. <laughs> but I thought, fuck, <laughs> this is a good idea. I got it, 
pulled outside, no permits or anything, just start flipping burgers. And I was, I was making like $500 on a weekend and then training through the week. I was making more money than any other amateur boxer at the time. Uh, you know, and it, and it really helped, it, it paid off. Uh, and then, yeah, it was my idea to, to invest in houses and properties and and then obviously come over here and take the take take the big risk of putting the rest of the money that I had into into an empty warehouse in Santa Monica. I'd only been in LA for like six months. I didn't have a clue about the market or about renting the building, but I put the rest of my money into a into a property and, you know, now now we'll pay it off. Now we've got two gyms, an education program. The businesses are doing multiple seven figures a year. Wow. Yeah, so I'm not earning that, but like the businesses <laughs> are bringing it in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Ab- and then, then what I see, like, so back to the point about boxers, they'll, they'll get the money and they'll spend it. And they'll think it's going to come forever. Then they'll get an injury or, or they'll, something will happen. They've got to retire from boxing. The career's ended. And now they're not getting that money keep, keep coming in, mm-hmm. you know? And then they're fucked. Then they get depressed, start drinking, get a job on a building site because they've got no education. Uh, and, I s- and, I, and what I'm seeing right now happens all the time. Uh, they get a little bit punched on because they've been fighting all the th- all their life. They've got a little bit of CTE. Um, and they're living a really, really bad life. Uh, that's that's the what I've just described there is, is the path of a fighter. Mm-hmm. Start when they're 10 years old, retire when they're 26. They've got fucking no money. They don't know what to do. They've got no education. They, they get into a shit job, start drinking, get fat, get depressed the life you know and this is something that i'm trying to do with a with our boxing burn academy our education program i love to help boxers make money through through teaching boxing mm-hmm. uh because that when i said that i haven't got an education that's a lie they haven't got a school education they've got a boxing education you know what i mean no completely i think so um as that's a hard thing though to do is take those because not every professional or professional athlete or athlete in general is going to make a good coach sometimes. Yeah, 100%. And it's hard to transition those guys in there. And sometimes you don't get a great guy who is a hell of an athlete, but he can't coach for shit. Yeah, yeah, big time. I, I agree with that. They've got, the, they've got the experience to be able to be a good coach. Like, I know basketball is different. It's more specific about winning games and all that. But with boxing, this, I think this is the only really sport where you can teach it as a part of fitness, everyday fitness. I might be wrong, there might be some more. But now if, you, if they're going to take that boxing knowledge and learn how to be a fitness trainer, combine them two together, they've got a, a, a money-making thing right there by teaching boxing for fitness. But like you say, everyone can't do that. But with our program, that I'm teaching people how I did that. Mm-hmm. And now I understand how to speak to someone who wants to learn boxing for fitness rather than learn boxing to fight, you know? Yeah. To translate that, because that's the big thing in the fitness industry with boxing. I'm drifting all over here with this No, 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 you're good. I yeah. think I think there's, like you said, it's like the analogy I like to use. It's just, it's not a matter of, like if we're in a car, we don't really have to stay in the lines. We can veer a little bit. There's a little bit of emergency room. So as that boxer, not going out and training specifically boxers or right. a basketball trainer, not specifically going to go train professional right, athletes yeah. or college athletes, I gotta make sure someone's getting a great workout. Yeah. And I'm gonna do that through basketball. It's something mm. they enjoy to do. Whether they wanna take that for some real world application, exactly. they're having fun yeah. doing the exercise they mm. enjoy doing the most. They come to you for that hour or 45 minutes and they're able to disconnect. But again, like you said, a lot of those athletes don't know how to market themselves. So I'd really like, to, how do you guys do that? What do you, could you give us some tips and pointers how you take these guys and say, hey, listen, 
yeah. take this part about what you do and make something more of yourself because you have the education in right. that game. It's yeah. not about what you see in it. It's about what you can sell to, you know, big the time. person coming in. So uh, a big thing is what, what boxers do. And I was the same when I turned from f being a professional boxer to uh, teaching for in the fitness industry. We try and make every student perfect. Like someone comes in, they can't do a proper job. It's like, no, you need to do like this. No, you need to do like this. No, you need to. And we, t we talk to them the way our old school boxing coaches talk to us, mm -hmm. right? Where what what the boxers need to understand is the number one thing people need to be getting out of the session is enjoyment, fun, right? Now, if someone comes in for a boxing session, then the, the trainer, the boxer, should make sure that they're having fun, a lot of fun. The second thing that they should be getting is having a great fucking workout, right? The third thing that they should be getting is learning a new skill, boxing. Mm. Now, if you get number one and three mixed up, if you try and teach them how to box perfect, what what that's going to do for 99% of people who's coming to boxing for fitness is going to take the fun out of it. It's going to make it fucking boring because I can't teach anyone how to throw a perfect jab in, in one hour. Now, imagine me spending one hour just throwing that straight jab, jab, jab. It's a fucking boring session. It's not going to be a hard workout. But yeah, the jab might not be perfect, but let's move on and now let's throw the combination. Mm -hmm. You know? So that's a big thing that, what, a big mistake that boxers trying to get in the fitness industry make when they're trying to teach someone for fitness, you know? Mm. And as well, like my coach, if I made a mistake, he, Tony, what the fuck was that? <laughs> right? If I said that to one of these, one of these housewives in Santa Monica, <laughs> Sally, what the fuck was that? She's not coming back to the gym. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, or if I drop my hand, I get a slap across the face. Again, if I did that with one of, the, one of these, <laughs> one of these, one of these lawyers who come in the box and burn, drops his hand, whack across the face, he's not coming in again. You might have a lawsuit on your hands. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, especially in this town. So we can't do that. But what I can do is that was good. But if you do it this way and speak to them in a in a in a different manner, that was excellent. But when you do it like this, you're going to get this benefit, like this, you know, mm -hmm. making them feel good about the session. It's going to make them have fun. Yeah, and they're gonna have a great workout, and then they're gonna learn a box as well. I, th I think so. Like, there's a great way. Like, you, see, you gotta incentivize the client coming in, but also it's to get incentivize the the boxer now. Like, hey, listen, we don't need you to train mm. this way. We don't need to train people in this light and this aspect. With right. a slap across the face, put your hands down. Yeah, like we we want you to be coming here, having a good time. To see, I, I think the number one thing that people get deterred is they don't realize what value they can provide. Right. Any situation. Yeah. And again, back to especially athletes after that. Well, what did I do? What's so special about what I do? You've already done something that's so unique and mm. so great. You took yourself to a professional level or collegiate level. It's still like a percentage of the population of a country that gets to go do that opportunity. Yeah. Now, what did you learn? What did you take away? And how can right. you give back and make that beneficial? Yeah, but big time. And another, yeah. another thing, what problem what boxers have when they're teaching boxing is that they've, they've, they've got an eagle. Like, and I was the same. I'd be in the gym and I'd be saying, this, bo this boxing trainer over here has never boxed a fucking day in his life. How can he teach someone how, how <laughs> oh to box? Yeah. And his client looks shit and he should be doing this, he should be doing that. It's a bit of an ego. Like, and he's getting paid for that. Nah. You know, we've got to lose that completely. Mm -hmm. We've got to lose that computing. Now, we, now we've got trainers at Boxing Burn earning two, three grand a week teaching boxing who's never had a pair of gloves on in their life. But they understand how to how to teach our methods, how to how to um, speak to a client, how to make sure they're having a good time with boxing. 
they're not training a, someone to fight in the Olympics or a world, for a world title. They're teaching someone, uh, they teach someone boxing. They give them a great workout, make them addicted to the workout, and the person's loving it, getting good results. The trainers enjoying it, earning money. Uh, to win-win all around, and yeah. like I say, that's a big thing. What athletes, especially boxers, do that have that ego, you know, uh, uh, thinking, no, you can't do it. He's I'm right there with you, man. I went through it as well. Right? Yeah. yeah. You see it. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. Especially it was bad at first. I mean, in some gyms teaching basketball to kids, and you're seeing some guy just yell at some kids, and you're, you know, once you've already recognized, like, oh, teaching a seven-year-old whether they know this or not, and you're hearing them yell. You're right. teaching the strategy wrong. It's almost you want to go over there and slap the coach, right, yeah. not the kid. It's yeah. like, oh, God. But I guess with basketball, kid. it's different because you've got – you different in, in the way is like you've got to be good. You've got to be perfected, right? Because it's not just a workout. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. yeah. I, again, it, it's going to depend on I, – I, I, I totally see why your, your academy does so well and your program because you got to know who you're training. Right. You've got to know why they're coming to you. And then if you can do that in the right way, like guy I train with basketball now, yeah. he, again, in the gym, and I'm videotaping a shot. You know, we're just out, he's not going out to be a professional basketball player. He's not doing any kind of competition. But now, because again, it's a shot, there's a lot of technique that goes into that basketball shot. And you're looking at the videotape, he's studying film on the side now. Like, hey, so I'm twisting when I shoot and my hand's not coming yeah. in. And I see what you're talking about. I'm shooting with two hands and my left hand goes forward. Okay, so what do you? So he's actually buying into. I want to be better, even though we're going out just to get some shots. Right. We're doing some ball handling drills. How can I be better? Mm. And again, you you sell them on the idea of getting themselves better with the program itself. But yeah, yeah. same thing with kids. I mean, it's just a matter of how you instill those good, good, good little disciplines. Yeah, the good fundamentals. And, and again, yeah. like you said, you're just gonna be in the gym someday, maybe just on one jab mm. for an hour. Yeah. If I'm training a kid who's like I never trained before, or even like middle school, high school kid. I don't even let them touch a basketball first time. We're getting your footwork down. Right, We're yeah. going to be running around the gym, seeing how you stop, how you pivot, how you twist and turn, because you can't look down when we play. Right. you got to be dribbling the ball. So with that, with, with what, what, the way you're teaching there, it's like what, what is the end goal with that kid? If the end goal is to be playing for the team and, and, to, be, uh, and to be a real good basketball player, that's the shit you've got to do. Same yeah. with boxing. You've got to come in, you've got to work for that job for an hour. But if it's someone coming to you for a fitness session, you're not going to... For a basketball fitness session, you wouldn't see it. You're not going to touch a basketball. It depends because I would add some kind of fitness element in there. To really? You know, that want to make so sure you get the workout. Hey, we're getting a basketball. We're doing a set of basketball push-ups, and then I'll get you on the wall sit, throwing the basketball up and down, yeah. hitting the wall. But, but if I come to you for a basketball session for mm -hmm. fitness and I didn't shoot a basketball into a hoop one time, I'd be like, fuck this guy. I'm going for the next guy. Well, you know again, I mean? it would depend because, like I said, even with the kid, if I had him coming in, if he was not going to be a professional basketball player or not, we got to teach him how to stop and go because right. we don't want him traveling on the basketball court. Right. We don't want him moving and stopping and going. If he doesn't know that he just ha has to be stationary, mm. even without the ball, well, he's going to go into a game and just not even know the rules. Right, yeah. Yeah, two different concepts because, you, like I see, you, you, you're competing with basketball. That's a competition, really, with basketball. Mm -hmm. In boxing, these people are not competing. Mm -hmm. They just keep fit. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, it's like when you say we get the basketball drills out and you just – remembering you know you go to basketball camps and those silly little competitions you do i think i do like a layup competition you put two chairs on the elbows and you're just going up and down around shoot a layup rebound around how many you can get in a minute mm. and i think like i post it on my social media it gets like three thousand views and i'm like well no wow. that many followers at this point like people just want to see you do a yeah dumb little dumb little drill but you know again what's your page about mm. what do people want to see you do what are you known for and how can you market yeah. that to other people yeah. so it's a, 
again, it's hard to step away from the game completely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When it's the thing you can, you know, market yourself as, especially in a life after sports. Yeah. Yeah. And you know why you got three thousand views? Why? Because you were given value. Right. That's it. That's you gotta it. know your value. Yeah, that's why my Instagram I've grew like over a hundred thousand followers in a year, because I went from posting shit about me kids <laughs> to and fucking whatever to giving someone value. And this is a thing I taught about in the in the Boxman Academy as well, is talking about how to how to grow your social media and grow your brand. And you've got to think like if I went to your Instagram page right now and I didn't know who you were, would I follow you? Mm-hmm. And for ninety nine percent of people that know what I thought, like why, why, why would I want to follow you if I'm not getting anything back? But now, if someone goes to my page, who's in, who wants to learn about boxing, they'll one hundred percent follow me because all I do on my page is give value. You know, mm-hmm. give value. You heard of the book Jab Jab Right Hook? Have you heard of that? Jab Jab Right Hook. Have you heard of the book? No. Have you? No. Gary Vaynerchuk. I was by him. Gar- Gary V. Jab Jab Jab. It's Jab 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 Right Hook. Uh, give, 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 then ask. That's mm-hmm. what it means. Like, okay. give value, give value. It's more like a hundred jobs, then a right hook. So you, you give a shit ton of value and then you'll ask for something in return. Give stuff for free and ask for something in return. Rather than most of these businesses, what they do is ask, 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 ask. Right hook, right hook, right hook. Do you know what I mean? No, a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. They don't understand like, hey, how, how can you market yourself? Like, especially with the podcast, like, okay. How do you make money on this? How do you start when you just want to get a radio show, get the microphones out and start doing that? Well, how can you leverage something of skill you learn to do that? And for me, it's been actually repurposing and the production side. Hey, I can make a great, great goddamn audio file. I can get some great video stuff of you, my guest, because I think something that's unique that you have to tell. And I'm going to give you everything back to you guys because, again, people are like saying, well, how do you do this? How do you do that? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. What I get, I don't know what I'm going to get or what I'm going to ask for when I need to. It's... I want to yeah. give these people and I want to show the product that I can show yeah. that it's beneficial to get where I want to get right. and go where I want to go. And with the, with the podcast as well, it's like you, like you see you're given you, you coming here to West Elliot to do this with me uh, to, to give your follow, your listeners value, hopefully to get a little bit of value out, out of this episode. <laughs> hopefully. So humble. If not, go to the next one. Uh, but yeah, and then what will happen is when, when this grows even more and you get people asking you for sponsorships, and I'm sure what you would do, you would get a brand that you that you recommend, and then you'll see. All right, now I, I want to talk about this mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic. Who, who's, who's not it? a promotion. <laughs> it's not, not sponsoring us. He's a friend of mine, um, <laughs> Terio. Uh, but for, that's an example that popped in my head. I've never done any advertising with with anyone, but then it's like this really helps me get asleep at night. These, these coffee drinks, um, you know, your listeners are going to trust in you and your opinion. And then they're going to buy them, and then you're going to earn uh, your affiliate or whatever yeah, from yeah. them. No? The, influ- the influence is a really unique thing, and you know you hear the, the term influencer. Yeah. But there is total influence, like you said, whether it's boxing or whether you don't even get sponsored by a product. But we start talking about Four Sigmatic because yeah. I'm familiar with it, mm. and the product's great. Yeah. It's good stuff. You want to tell people that they should be taking this right. for whatever beneficial reason they can get from the different products they have. Yeah. And they can go in, they can look at it, but you know people listen. If I say something about basketball, someone's going to pick up and start an engagement discussion, and that's where right. that influence comes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, influences is huge, and especially podcast influences because you know people what they're doing now they're listening to you and the and the building a, a relationship with you in their mind because they've got your your 
voice in their ears. And that's it, man. It's, it's, that's it. it's powerful. You're the new voice in someone's head is how I call it. That's my phrase right there. You're the new voice <laughs> I like in someone's that. I like head. that. So we've had a, um, a friend of mine called Brendan Sharp. Have you heard of him? Yeah, Fighter and the Kid. Yeah, so his podcast is absolutely ridiculous. I've Crushing. Been, I've, I've been on it. Like, I remember I was on his, his other one, Big Brown Breakdown. He had another, it's called something else now. Um, and the the next day after it released, it had 800,000 downloads. So that's 800,000 people in in your ears. Then it had like 1.5 million down, downloads all together. Uh, mention what we've just spoke about there on the Boxing Burn Academy. If we went that in depth, what what we've done on this podcast with that, tomorrow I will be getting, I, w- I would make five grand off just off people who are going to that. You know, we've got up. so much business from him mentioning us on his podcast, just like, oh, Tony Jeffries has got a boxing program. And, th- and then we, I learned like three grand just off, him, just off him talking about it. That's how big these episodes are. Mm-hmm. Like the likes of Joe Rogan now, probably one of the biggest podcasters in the world. Like I heard he gets paid like 50 grand for a, for a, for like, a, a one minute talk about a, uh, a product because he's that influential no yeah i was talking with the uh libsyn uh the company that oh was, yeah uh i was at the podcast conference when I was right in, uh, austin and um yeah rogan just unreal download numbers with yeah. like no promotion yeah and then, uh do you know dan carlin hardcore history yeah um when he releases a show he doesn't even promote it but you know it takes six months for him to release a show because he puts so much po- quality production he's one of the best storytellers oh i've never heard out there right, right. now great history podcast it's because again when he puts one out it's a million downloads without even promoting it wow. and then when it's promoted he's got the most downloads like per episode rogan's it's got the crazy. most because rogan you know gets like three or four a week coming out and yeah. it's just yeah and then rogan as well he's got his U- youtube channel as well where it's very smart i don't know if you do this with this where he yeah he, we promote he cre- it and send the video but no what he does he, he, he takes clips he takes like the JRE clips, it's a whole different yeah, segment itself. It's huge. And then that's what I prefer listening to the, the, the little nuggets from the show, you know. So that's creating a shit ton of, of revenue there as well. Like Brendan as well. He's like he's just Brendan's just bought a Ferrari. He's fucking killing it. Oh man. So I was Brendan's trainer for his last three fights in the UFC. He was the really? he was the last um fighter and the only fighter I've ever trained when we talk about training fighters. So yeah, I was in his corner for his last three fights, I was his head trainer. Uh and yeah, and, and now he's earned 10 times more money through podcasting than he was through fighting. You know? uh, I remember when they were just doing because one of my buddies was running the ads for them when they were doing the Trunk Club or the, one of the other Trunk Club right, things yeah. him and Brian were doing. And uh, he's like, yeah, the amount of money these guys are making just on the, you know, send the trunk to people's houses of clothes, it's picked out for you. It's it's nuts. Yeah, there was something called MyUndies or something. Some Me Undies was a big one. <laughs> yeah. I think I bought a pair of underwear Me Undies. I don't know whose podcast it was. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Actually, really durable underwear. Again, mm. not paid for this post, but <laughs> those three pairs it lasted. <laughs> Good pairs. Yeah. I want to be respectful of your time. Yeah. Uh, we've been on 47. It's 3, 3.10 right now. Yeah. How are you on time? Yeah, I need to leave soon. You leave? Yeah. yeah. Right, we'll like, like if you've got anything else to wrap it up on, let's wrap it up on the five minutes. No, you leave us on a good note. <laughs> leave my listeners, people listening. Uh, so let me give everyone one piece of advice before we end. This is the best advice I can give you is turn your notifications off on your phone. All of your notifications. Right now, uh, everyone's got notifications on the phone. They'll get a, they'll get a, a, a like on Instagram. Bumper pops up on the phone. They'll get a comment on Facebook. They get a notification on the phone. Turn that shit off, right? Because if I'm having a conversation with you like we are right now and my phone's there and it keeps lighting up, you know, what that's doing there, it's 
it's taken me away from this interaction what we have right now because it's even though it's just like Sally liked my post like that's just took us away from that you know mm-hmm. kills it take your notifications off your phone it's since since I've done that I'm enjoying life better it gives us it, it gives my mind more time to be creative and and think of whatever it wants to think about without being distracted by that fucking piece of shit phone <laughs> no I love my phone but <laughs> but it gives it but but that there is the best piece of advice I can give anyone at this day and age right now keep your notifications off your phone everyone even text messages the only way I know I've got a text message if I go into my actual app the text message app I don't even have the little numbers pop up you know because you know, I, I don't need it it's taking me it's taking me away from life and we live in so we don't want to be away from life we want to be in life positive positive affirmation <laughs> right there man <laughs> Emma you fucking take note as well why he never responds to me no I can totally agree with you I don't have all the notifications on my phone but if it's not there like you just don't have a reason yeah. to go in there and look for it unless exactly. you ha- have to go on yeah how much time do you have on your Instagram now does it say how much time a day you spend on yours so I've, I've cut it down to uh, 35 minutes because before I was on it for like two or three hours yeah mine's bad right now yeah mine's bad and another, another thing what I'll not do is I'll not scroll on Instagram like this shit I'll, I'll not I'll not do it uh, sometimes I might find myself stop fucking off that shit you know mm. uh, why why do we scroll on Instagram it's because it's we've got nothing better to do well, I've got a shit ton better to do. I mean, you, we've spoke for a while. You know how busy my time is right now. Yeah. I don't want to spend that looking at fucking Peter's dog picture. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. These things are fighting for our attention. That literally is a 24-hour circular clock. It's right. okay, Instagram, and then look what Facebook's done. They've bought out WhatsApp because, hey, if you're spending all your time on WhatsApp, well, guess what? We own WhatsApp, so you're, we yeah. got more of that chunk of your time. Uh, we got Instagram now, so we own, you know, 20 hours of your day. Right. You're not sleeping. You're spending it with us. Yeah. We own where you're going to see that so we can make money finally yeah. through advertisement on those things. It's mm. And but it, like Instagram is a, is a great platform for, for businesses. I, I, I've, uh, I've earned a very good living off Instagram itself, doing packages and things like that. And, you know, I grew a big following, grew my name in the industry through Instagram. So it can be, it can be great as long as you're, you're using that, not letting that use you. You know, I heard someone say the other week that, um, Facebook hasn't got a customer customer care number, and the reason why it hasn't got a customer care number is because you're not a customer. You're a product to Facebook. We're a product to Facebook because Facebook se- sells us. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why they haven't got that. They sell us as advertisements for other people. Uh, you know, and I thought that was really really clever. So we've got to learn how to use these platforms for our businesses or for our advantage, rather than letting them use us for their advantage you know it's not like it's them against us i guess it kind of is but you know if if we do that life's going to be better well they had to find a way to make money and yeah. you know you think about even like with your friends they limit you know the people unless you know they're socially active with you on that platform only 10 percent of those people are going right. to get to see your stuff in their notifications yeah so, hey how are we going to make money we're going to limit the amount of things that even people's friends can see from them <laughs> right, so yeah. to pay us not and especially businesses as well so it's hey good for them i mean he made yeah, this unreal platform man. yeah good on him and Respect. my last question before i let you go you get to watch one fight in history it was any card or it could be a card that you want to make up in your mind this boxer this boxer versus that boxer 
Who would it be and where would it be? In my second professional fight, I fought this German that was shit and I knocked him out in the second round. I'll watch that again. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I mean, I haven't got one. Tell you the truth, I'm not a boxing fan. I'm not really? that big of a boxing fan. I, I've, I've watched probably over 2,000 fights in my life, probably more. I used to be at boxing tournaments and I'd be, the l I'd be big for my age, so I'd be the last person to fight. There'd be 50 fights on before me. I'd be sitting there, like amateur fights, I'd be watching 50 fucking fights. I've watched that many fights, right? Uh, the last thing I want to do right now is watch a fight. Unless it's a, that's why Mayweather McGregor was like attractive to me. It's where appealing to me. I wanted to watch that. Uh, it's one of those dream cards. Like if yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, and then like if I, I love watching McGregor fight on the MMA or I mean like the one of these heavyweight fights, Tyson Fury versus Joshua. I'd like to see one of them, but I'm good. I'm good on fights. Tony, <laughs> thank you for your time. Thanks, man. Thanks for letting us get in here and shoot this show. And everybody, make sure you go check out Tony's pages. He's got a YouTube page. If you want to see even more in-depth stuff, that he talks about the boxing stuff that's on his Instagram page. That's how he built it. There's plenty of stuff how to learn. And if you are in the Santa Monica or LA area, go check out Box and Burn. I'm due to go check out a class. So I'm going to get my ass out there. Not going to spar. I've taken way too many concussions in yeah, my life. So I cannot hit or get hit at all ever again. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Because if you're watching us on video, you probably can, uh, can go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. And go ahead and check out all of our other pages. Instagram, Facebook, anywhere the show is there. And if you want to support this show, because it's hard work getting our ass out here, putting these cameras up, getting the recording, sending it out, you can support us over on Patreon. And that's going to be the bus driver experience, where you get a more in-depth look to the people we've had on this show and more things that we talk about with the bus driver experience. So, thank you guys. We're out of here. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 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 u